being a banker for 21 years almost. That's okay. It's, it's going to fuel you. Um, it's still, I think, fueling me to this day. Somebody does a little bit more, should be waiting a long time. So people are just going to have to roll up their sleeves. Try to make sense of it because there's so much information coming in and you don't know what's, what's relevant and what's not. The corporate world, uh, for four years as a CEO, I'm not interested in having this small probability of losing a whole lot of money. You need to be surrounded by other smart people. Got me through the door because it's a pretty small group. And it's fine, Hello, everyone. This is your host, Maura Maya. Welcome to another episode of the Finance Podcast, where I explore the professional journey of individuals who have successfully built careers in the financial industry. This episode is particularly interesting as we will be talking about COVID-19 and its effect on markets and how this will all play out. My guest this week is Ms. Sophia Benassar. Ms. Benassar joined Morgan Stanley Technology Center in Montreal in 2016 as the Chief Operating Officer. Sophia started her financial services career in Paris, working for JP Morgan's middle office on the arbitrage desk. Before joining Morgan Stanley, Sophia had worked for Société Générale Canada in Montreal as the Chief Financial Officer and Chief Operating Officer. Sophia holds a Master's of Arts degree in Finance and Investments and an MBA from HSC Paris. So please enjoy my conversation with Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Thank you for being on the platform here today. It's an absolute pleasure having you here with us. Thank you, Maura. So something that I really enjoy doing with all of my guests once I invite them on the platform is before we get started in, in understanding their role, yours as CEO of Morgan Stanley here in Montreal, is to discuss your story. How does it all start? Uh, so it started a, a long time ago, I would say, but I'm not going to give you the number of years. But um, after my master's degree in finance and economics, um, I joined uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, a subsidiary in Paris, where I was at the beginning middle office of the arbitrage desk. So uh, it was a, an extremely intense period because uh, we were entering... Uh, the first uh, Iraq war, uh, so there was a lot of volume at, at the time. And uh, one of the traders left uh, the, the trading desk, so the group offered me to become an arbitrage uh, trader. So uh, I started doing arbitrage uh, on the French index uh, at that time. And uh, after a few months, I realized that, um, first of all, I was the only woman on the, on the trading floor, but uh, also I realized that uh, being a trader was not exactly what I was looking for because it's a bit uh, solitary uh, work. I mean, you're not really uh, interacting uh, with people. So, um, so I decided to leave and I, um, I did an MBA at HEC Paris uh, and I specialized in management control. Uh, after my MBA, I worked for an accounting firm for a few years. And um, after that, I had the opportunity to come back to the financial institution. And I was offered the job of program manager at Société Générale Investment Bank in Paris. So it was extremely interesting because um, I was able, that project was really a front-to-back project. So I was able to understand and get the whole picture of the investment bank their products, their systems, but also their processes. So that really gave me a, a deep understanding on how the investment bank was working. And in 2002, I decided to, uh, to go in Quebec because um, I married someone from Quebec. 
and I had the bank to see whether or not there was an opportunity for me in Montreal. And I was quite lucky because there was the CFO position at Société Générale uh, Montreal, uh, Canada, because uh, it's a, it was a Canadian bank, so a subsidiary of uh, Société Générale. So there I became a CFO. And in 2005, I uh, took the role of the CEO. So quite uh, interesting because, of course, uh, when you are CFO and CEO of a bank, you have the opportunity to uh, really work uh, uh, on the strategy and to implement you know, new processes and to be involved, actually, at all levels of the bank activity. And now, uh, after 17 years at the Société Générale, I decided to, to take a new challenge and I took the position of CEO at uh, Morgan Stanley Montreal, uh, and which is a technology center here in Montreal and was established uh, 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. So this is my, uh, you know. <laughs> Yes, thank you for sharing. Uh, really interesting. I didn't know you started as a, uh, with, at the trading desk. That's a really fascinating story. And I'm also curious to know what initially drew you to the world of finance? Uh, I was absolutely not, uh, I didn't have the intention to go uh, in the world of finance because I'm coming from a, a family where they are all uh, doctors. My father was cardiologist. I have uh, to uh, the brother who are a surgeon and radiologist. So I was really, my idea and my intention was to go and to do uh, <laughs> medical studies. Uh, but uh, in fact, uh, with a long discussion with my father at the time, um, probably uh, because uh, I was in France and also in Tunisia, we, we thought that maybe it was a good thing to change and to go in another direction. And this is why I, uh, I took uh, the direction of uh, finance. And honestly, I absolutely do not regret that <laughs> after all those, you know, uh, yes. discussion. Mm -hmm. And my next question, I'm curious to know, what are some, uh, what are the, some of the biggest challenges you've encountered and how did you overcome them? Yeah, so I, I I'm going to talk about two challenges. The first challenges, the challenge that I encountered when I arrived in Quebec was to adapt to a new um, cultural environment. Because uh, yes, we do speak the same language, French, but in fact, we do not have the same way you know, of interacting professionally. Uh, it's really two different worlds. So for me, uh, my first challenge was really to understand, to listen, you know, how the people were, you know, uh, working and how they were, you know, uh, expecting, you know, the different interaction in the workplace. So I asked a lot of feedback at the time and I also was coached by someone, you know, who gave me a lot of advice. Uh, regarding that and honestly it helped me a lot it was extremely important for me to um, to have you know this uh, good understanding in order to be able to perform you know my job properly and, and also to be a good manager uh, the second challenge was um, also the fact of being in Canada I mean I was working in Paris before I was in the head office and then I came I, I, try, I, I mean, I left the head office and I came to a subsidiary who was not anymore, the head office was not, which is not anymore, you know, the decision center of the firm. And my head office was in New York. So here was a new challenge for me because I had to, you know, 
adapt to this new environment, make our ideas come through, you know, because the, the paradigm was changed from Paris to New York. And also to have them, you know, understanding that Montreal was a, a great place to be and can, could be also considered as a strategic platform for the firm. Um, so showing that, you know, the deepness of the talent in Montreal, explaining how the technology, of course, in Montreal is extremely deep also, and also giving, you know, providing the, the, you know, saving to the firm overall by, you know, having more function performed out of Montreal. So that was quite a, a significant challenge, but uh, at the end, uh, it worked pretty well. So I'm happy with the result. <laughs> And uh, following that, um, what are the some, uh, continuing with that thought, what are some of the most important decisions you've had to make throughout your career? Uh, for sure, uh, the most important decision for me was to move to Quebec, uh, definitively. Uh, and uh, because, because, of course, taking over the CFO position and then the CEO position gave me uh, great opportunities uh, or in, in terms of professional you know, uh, development. Uh, gave me uh, uh, really uh, the opportunity to be to work more deeply on the strategy of the bank in Canada, uh, to be really at at the edge and and being able you know to get this overall picture. I've always tried over my career to get a, a big picture because I think that it's extremely important not to work in silo and to you know to do just you know the the, the area in which you are you know specialized. And of course, the CFO position and CEO position provide me that, that. So I think that that was the, the, of course, I did regulatory project like Basel II. So this is a huge capital, you know, for the capital of the bank. Uh, I, I, I worked on the creation of a, a branch bank. Uh, I implemented, when I arrived, my first project, the system to the Canadian bank. So, and, you know, to be able also to provide to the, to the front office and to the business more opportunities to do business. So definitely that was my best move. And I think a good choice by the way, Absolutely. <laughs> the way things have gone. Um, so what is your day uh, in the life of Sophia Benassar, CEO of Morgan uh, Stanley, look like? So the CEO role at Morgan Stanley Montreal is completely different to what I've been doing before. Uh, I am not anymore, you know, in finance. In fact, uh, I, I oversee the budget of, of the company in Montreal, but uh, but I am more in transversal role. So my role is really to, to look at the day-to-day -day operation of Morgan Stanley Montreal and then to be very um, transversal, meaning that, uh, for example, I'm working on the workforce strategy, I'm working also on the branding and communication strategy, the recruitment strategy, everything related, uh, you know, to the engagement, uh, employee engagement. So we are talking about diversity, philanthropy, uh, uh, training of course so it's completely completely different but at the same time from what I was doing before but uh, in fact it's a great continuation of what I was doing before because now I have the full picture <laughs> of what we need to do you know in a firm yes um uh, it's very impressive your 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 entire story and I'm curious to know as a woman how do you balance your career and personal life for young ambitious women who also strive for c-suite positions 
and who also want to raise a family, what are the realities that they will face and what advice would you give them? Well, uh, so um, from my personal experience, I think that raising a family and also being ambitious are not you know, necessary in contradiction. I do think really that uh, actually they are both equally important. So we need to make, you know, to give them as much as important to both of them. So that's my, uh, my, uh, my view. Of course, what is important in your life is to have, you know, the partner who's helping you and, you know, and I was lucky to, to have my husband who was really taking care of my two young girls at the time. So, uh, so that was a, a big chance. But, but what I also did, uh, because I realized that in fact, it's, being in a C-suite doesn't mean that you are going to work long hours. I mean, it's not because you're working long hours that you're going to be the most productive and also the most, you know, strategic in the way that you work so i was really uh, you know uh, uh, making you know decision not for for example to re to work during the weekend just to spend you know the maximum of time with my family of course unless there was you know something extremely urgent to be done but uh, in reality we can uh, you know uh, organize ourselves and what is important is to have the right team to help you doing that and helping you, you know, to to manage also your personal life. So for me, it's really, um, it's uh, it's uh, it was extremely important to spend quality time with my family and being, you know, uh, showing actually that I was because it's the, the fact that you that you are happy that makes also your family happy. So at the end, it's a really a sort of equilibrium that I was able. Uh, to, to have, uh, so I, I acknowledge that it, may, it can be difficult, but uh, it's really a partnership that you need, you know, that you are having with your with your husband or partner. Yes, yes, thank you. I think it is key to say that it is a partnership, and you both work towards making, uh, you know, both of your dreams and um, the relationship work. And shifting gears a little bit, given the current situation, how have you been handling uh, family and work from home? Uh, so, uh, given the so, so in fact, well, I have two teenagers, so 17 years old and 14 years old. So I was lucky because I didn't have I, I don't I didn't have during this exceptional period that we are living, uh, you know, to, to to look at you know what they're doing, are they doing the school, etc. So I was lucky. I'm lucky enough not to be in that situation because I know, and we have many employees who are you know. Uh, dealing with young children and that is difficult i totally totally uh, understand that and uh, and what we do in fact is really really trying to help because it, this is a very very special situation and we need to be you know very attentive to the needs and the problem or whatever situation our employee can be struggling with during that period so in on, on, on for me it was not very difficult i'm pretty well you know um, organized um, i was more concerned by the fact that the school was not uh, you know really doing a lot for the kids <laughs> for you know a, a yeah. long period of time so basically they haven't been doing nothing for months so uh, so that was my main concern uh, to be honest with you but uh, but uh, from the work from home uh, uh, you know matter it, it went pretty smooth pretty yeah. smoothly Mm -hmm. And so moving towards more um, market and economic questions, dealing with the whole 
uh, health crisis, COVID-19 has turned the world upside down. How has it affected the operations of banks like Morgan Stanley? How does one cope with, us, with such a drastic change in daily operations? So very uh, interesting. That period was extremely. It's extremely interesting because, in fact, um, the bank shifted to the uh, work from home model at nearly ninety percent across the world. So it is just massive, uh, and it went pretty well, in fact. But if I look and if I look at Montreal, um, what we did first of all. Um, uh, we we uh, we moved, you know, to a new model in terms of uh, real estate, and also we we went through a project called Workplace Evolution, where we uh, everybody has a virtual machine and you know able and the capacity to to work from home. So definitely, that was extremely helpful for us because in two days the Montreal office was ninety seven percent work from home. Just oh wow, that's impressive! Very yeah, impressive. Honestly, and what we did, uh, and it's it, it's the same across the world, huh, because uh, because of course we do exchange a lot with our colleague uh, um, outside uh, Montreal, and uh, what we did, we just ensured, of course, we made a review of uh, you know who was dealing with whatever issue with their you know computer at home, or and of course we made sure that people were provided with the proper uh, equipment. For them to be able to work from home efficiently, so um, so it's um, it went pretty well, pretty smoothly. Of course, uh, of course, we need to deal with special exceptions, you know, uh, special case where people can be struggling with the work from home situation. So we try to help as much as possible, and of course, those people will be the one first to come back to the office when we will start returning to the workplace. So. So I think that really it was a, clearly a success for the firm overall. Mm -hmm. And also what we did, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, no, no, one, one thing that we did, because once we moved to that situation, of course, working from home is something, but what we did is that we virtualized most of our activities. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, we did a career week, a virtual career week. Uh, which normally was, uh, you know, happening in the office in the month of May. We did it completely virtual. And that, that was a good opportunity for us to extend, you know, uh, the number of people participating to that, to that virtual week, for example. And we were able to invite all people across technology in the world at Morgan Stanley. So that also, so that provided us really great opportunity to extend really uh, the, the, the way that we could reach out to people. Uh, and we did also something uh, great and it's not over. Actually, we regrouped with um, three companies. So uh, Google, uh, SAP and Societe Generale, because the, we had the idea to create a community, a women community in technology, specifically in Montreal. So uh, the work group came out with a, a topics, with a concept called Amplify Women, and we completely virtualized the, the conference and we were able to have 500. So for the first one, it was something like 550 participants from around the world for those four companies. Fascinating. So wow. From that work from home situation, we also tried to find, you know, new opportunities and new way, you know, of working. Mm -hmm. No, it's very interesting. And technology has, we've been lucky enough to have the technology to support 
um, such unprecedented changes just internationally. Um, and I want to continue, take a little uh, different route. Sophia, you were COO and CFO for Société Générale between 2005 and 2015, if I'm correct. How did your experience in 2008 prepare you to manage operations during a time that has no precedent? Uh, so, so, in fact, before 2008 at Société of, uh, in the world, Société Générale experienced uh, uh, a mass, massive crisis, which was the cardiac frauds. I don't know if you've heard about that, but that was a, a rock traders who uh, who made a loss for the firm, for the bank, investment bank at the time, of 4 billion euros. And that was in 2007, just before the 2008 subprime crisis. Oh. Uh, I can tell you that it was uh, something uh, a sort of tsunami, I would say. Uh, yes, in- yes. Losing uh, that amount of money and then having a financial crisis. Exactly. So, so of course, uh, before that, uh, we were obliged, of obliged, the whole firm, and not only our bank, but mostly all the bankers across the world, had to completely revisit their control processes because that fraud was something so, you know, uh, important that all the banks needed to adapt their control. So then arrived the 2008 crisis, which was uh, also <laughs> unprecedented crisis. <laughs> Uh, but now if I take, if I look at the Montreal, of, um, in Canada, in fact, the bank was not extremely exposed to any of those products. So we were, we were lucky enough because we went through the first crisis. But still, because at the end, this crisis created, you know, uh, massive change and reorganization in firms and specifically in financial institutions. And even though we were not exposed, so of course, we were, you know, uh, uh, we were also going through this transformation and we had to completely review our strategic plan and, of course, to, uh, I mean, eventually close some activities and to completely uh, reshuffle, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the way that the, the, the bank was, uh, was, uh, was organized. So definitely it has a, a big impact. Although uh, you, you probably know, but in financial institution, reorganization is something very frequent, but this one following the subprime crisis was very, very important. Uh, at the same time, it also created new opportunities because of course, one of the major driver was to reduce costs because of the loss that uh, most of the financial institution were, you know, uh, uh, having. So, reducing costs was the way uh, meant that we need to provide new ideas and new opportunities mm-hmm. for the bank so it's, montreal sorry yeah sorry i just I, I that is a very interesting thought and i know we didn't discuss this uh previously but do you think that this current um health crisis is going to have the same effect in helping companies target uh cost reductions and and reorganizing in a way that is more cost-effective because of the losses that they've suffered in the business? Uh, Definitely, yes, but not in the same way. Uh, Now, I cannot talk for all the businesses, but I can just talk from, you know, financial Mm -hmm. institution perspective. I don't think that the loss were... 
major for, for us. I'm talking about Morgan Stanley. In fact, we were totally able to manage. Of course, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's perfect. Of course, that we see reduction in the PNL and in the, that's for sure. So definitely yes, but it's not going to be the same. Uh, and yes, we will have to find a new way of workings and potential new savings to, to do. Uh, maybe in the real estate, definitively, because we see that people, you know, um, are going probably to work a bit more from home and we will be able eventually to reduce uh, the real estate footprint. But it's not going to be the same as the one that we had in 2008. Uh, uh, for example, if I'll take the, 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 the Canada example and the bank, Société Générale at the time, definitively, uh, the, the, the 2008 crisis push us, as I said, to, you know, mm -hmm. to be more efficient, but not in the way that we need to be today. Mm -hmm. so, so, for example, we proposed, you know, enfin, we proposed, uh, I was saying before, you know, that we, we push Montreal as a sort of place to be for support function or for technology. And that was one of the consequences. And in 2008, it then, sorry, at Société Générale, we opened um, a center, a technology center, and we were able uh, to provide, you know, significant saving for the firm, but with good talent uh, and, you know, a quality that uh, we were not able, probably able to get elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, my next question is, will there be, continuing with this idea of massive change and reorganization, will there be a permanent change, in your opinion, on how the world operates? Will working from home or working remotely, remotely like you said, be the new norm? But definitely, yes. Um, first of all, as I said just before, um, firms like ours are in constant evolution and are, you know, uh, reorganizing themselves <laughs> quite, quite often. So this is really not new, I, I would tell you. But um, so this, this is going to be, you know, the, 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 the way that firm operates and, and will continue to change going forward. That's for sure. Uh, and, and as we are always transforming ourselves, I would say that remote work had created something new and also enabled us to adopt more rapidly, you know, all the remote tooling like Zoom today yes. that we are using, right? Because we were not really, I didn't know, you know, that Zoom existed before. So definitely it forced us to adapt more quickly to future change that are upcoming, you know, in the yes. world. Yes, I believe and Zoom was one of the lucky winners of uh, absolutely for this. Uh, uh, I, 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 I unfortunately didn't buy a Zoom stock, <laughs> but uh, I regret now because I'm sure that. Uh, but uh, so, so yes, the fact that we are more digital is going to make a, a significant change in the way that that we work, and uh, the, the the bank of and the, the the firm footprint is going to change too, as I said before, because we will be able to have more people working from home and, you know, uh, uh, coming, working two days eventually from home and three days from the office. And definitively we will be able to reduce the, the, the real estate mm -hmm. footprint. Uh, it was, it, it's, it's not a new idea. This is a quite a, what is interesting in fact, because most of the firm were changing a bit the way that the workplace was organized by doing what we call a flex 
environment, flex desk environment, mm -hmm. where people were flexing their desk, working from home and working from the office. Of course, in this environment, we can't flex anymore yes. because, uh, because of, you know, uh, this very special situation. But once that will be over, and I, ho I hope that it will be over, uh, let's say next year, definitely we will come back to this mm -hmm. uh, uh, model of, uh, of working. Yes, yes, I've heard of the Flex um, uh, working environment. I know that there's companies also like BNP Paribas where you're not assigned a desk. You just show up to a desk in the morning and you have your laptop that you carry everywhere and it's first come, first serve type. Uh, yeah, yeah, we don't have that, but yes, it's a bit the same type of <laughs> yeah. model, but we, 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 we didn't choose the first come serve. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, yes, it's a Flex. It's what we call neighborhood, so it's a Flex environment. You don't have an assigned desk. But we just make sure that you're going to have a desk and we create. But, but, but what is very important in this new environment is to have more collaboration space. Mm -hmm. Meaning, yes, we will have less desk, but we will have much more collaborative space. such as scrum area, uh, other room where people will be able to collaborate. So at the end, so this is why it's very important. The working, the workplace is not going to disappear mm -hmm. because we will need to have to continue to have interaction with our colleague, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mentoring, uh, you know, and exactly a, a space where, but we will have flexibility mm -hmm. and we will offer that flexibility to our employee to be able to do both. And mm -hmm. I think that that's quite important because the new generation like yours, they want flexibility. They want to have the choice. And, and, that we, and we will be able to provide that choice. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Um, I want to change um, a little bit and we're going to go into kind of a guidance questions. And my question is, what is the best advice you could give someone trying to achieve a considerable degree of professional success in life? So I have three advice. Uh, the first one is listen to others. It's extremely important to to be very attentive to what the other people uh, say and to be able, and also for the collaboration, because in fact, uh, it's really working as a team that makes the team progress, the firm progress. For me, it's really um, very, very important. Uh, the, the second one is really hacked with honesty. For me, uh, being transparent in what you do is, um, um, is extremely uh, valuable, uh, important, of course, and, uh, and, and also make the people rely on you. You need to be transparent and act with honesty. And the, the last one, it's a bit the same, I would say, than, than the second one, but it's being authentic. Don't try to change yourself. Don't try to, you know, to be someone that you, you know, that is not your personality. Uh, the workplace and and more and more we we really uh, value, you know, the diversity of opinion, the diversity of people, of course, in order to be able to, you know, to succeed as a firm and to realize, you know, uh, our our objective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And um, before I get to my last question, are there any resources, perhaps books, to which you would direct someone because it has some sort of impact on you? Um, I would say it's that. So one thing that is important when uh, people enter, uh, you know, a new job, or it's uh, first of all to build a strong 
uh, professional uh, network. And it's inter uh, an internal network, but also an external network. That's extremely important for someone to progress in, um, in his career. Uh, and it's, it's give more deepness in what you do and more interest also in what you do, uh, being able to exchange and, you know, to create that. Of course, ideally, if you can have also uh, and find a mentor in your, in your firm is extremely uh, important because um, uh, it helps you, uh, you know, and it guides you through the various, you know, through the organization. Mm -hmm. So, and that mentor can be in the long term a sponsor that is going to help you in your career and help you progressing uh, in, in a firm. Uh, now the book, actually I'm going to talk about one book because la last week we had this Amplify Women uh, um, series uh, with Carla Harris. Carla Harris is a vice chairman of wealth management at Morgan Stanley. Mm -hmm. And she wrote a book, which is actually she wrote two books, but her last one is called Strategize to Win. And, uh, uh, and she did a, a conference last week about that. And it was extremely interesting, interesting because it described the strategy that, you know, uh, you can take in order to maximize your success and also to explain you uh, the perception, the importance of the perception in the workplace and help you navigating through that. So, uh, and also what are the key relationships that you should have in order to um, ensure and maximize your success. So it's really, uh, and finally describe the power of authentic leadership. So it's also come back to my guidance, you know, the guidance question that we had before. So I really recommend, you know, uh, people to read that book. Strategize to win. Strategize to win, yes. Carla Harris. <laughs> um, so this now we're at our closing remarks. Um, is there anything else you'd like to suggest or mention just as a wrap up? Uh, any last words for our audience? Uh, I would say that... Uh, Knowing that this audience is a student in finance, uh, mostly uh, is that um, finance is, uh, can offer huge opportunities um, and also is extremely large in terms of your scope uh, on whatever you can do. So it can be in a big firm like the one that I'm in, but also in whatever, you know, smaller, medium companies because uh, the finance is really at the heart of uh, what a firm do. So um, I really, um, for the people who are in that, you know, uh, fields to just continue and just follow their, their dream. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time for a fascinating conversation. Absolutely, absolutely great insight here. Thank you so much, Sophia. You're welcome. Thank you, Mara. That was my conversation with the amazing Sophia. I know that I learned a thing or two. I really hope that you guys did as well. Remember to stay tuned. There's a lot of things coming up, new content, some fascinating individuals that are going to be appearing on the platform as well. The Finance Podcast is also now in collaboration with the McGill Investment Club. So there's a lot of exciting things coming your way. Remember to stay tuned and remember to stay safe.